The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. A65-25503. We are flowing and going here on the Swain event. Hour number two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Right here in Tennessee, folks. We take pride. Take pride in Tennessee. Take pride in our state, right? Well, Action 247 is right here, right here in Tennessee. The promo code Swain Event, use that for 100% match on your first deposit up to $800. $800 on your first deposit. Use the promo code Swain Event. Today is the 16th, which means there's a promo. For action, follow them on Twitter at TN Action. Who finds pay dirt first? We got a Thursday night matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers tonight. Mm. So the promotion is who do you think scores the first touchdown? Trey Smith. Put $25 on it, and you'll get a $25 freebie to use for live in game bets. So it's basically a free bet. Basically a free bet. Let's go to the phones. We've got Steve in Georgia. Steve in Georgia. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Swain. Uh, talking about Trey Smith, that man's hurting grown men in the NFL. I mean, he's hurting them. That's because um, he is a grown man. Man, that joker. Hey, uh, we got us a coach, Swain. I mean, we got us a coach, and uh, I'm proud to see it. Um, I know that uh, everybody's talking about, uh, you know, the, the edge rushers and and the wide receivers, and even a great quarterback we got, and that's great. But I started watching some uh, some film on Nichols, Clipper, and Reddick, these, uh, these big nasties. And I'm going to tell you right now, that Nichols and Reddick, they play with a chip on their shoulder. They were pushing guys after the whistle into the stand. I mean, these guys just – I mean, they're serving up pancakes, Wayne. I mean, just, just flipping them everywhere, just pancakes everywhere. You get a pancake. You get a pancake. It was not – I mean <laughs> – Excited, man. I'm excited. So, uh, anyway, uh, can't wait to hear you guys break it down. But, you know, I'd love to get Ben's uh, professional, you know, uh, rival's opinion on these uh, big pancake flippers. And I'll holler at you later. (laughs) Steve. The the, the pancake flippers. You know what Steve said that stood out, Ben? Which part? He said he watched the film. He loved to to see it. Man, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Watch the film himself. He watched the film himself. Good stuff from Steve. But he did ask for your opinion, so. He did. Give him what he wants. I don't know about a professional opinion. Give him what he wants. He but, wants your uh, opinion. I, I like Tennessee's offensive line class. I, I don't think it's one that's going to, to help right away. Part of that is because you're returning four of your five starting offensive linemen, potentially all five starting offensive lineman, then you're not bringing in a, a bona fide five-star that's going to be a first-round pick one day that will, will push the guys in, in front of them who are already here. 
so I, I don't know that they're that it's a offensive line group that's going to help from from day one. But mm-hmm. th- there's some promising prospects. I, I like uh, Masai Reddick from Cass Tech up in Detroit. He is a big nasty, and uh, he, he reminds me of Javante Spragans. I, I think he's a, another version of Javante Spragans. Cass Tech up in Detroit is is a big time school up in Michigan, up in Detroit, and he he was a really good offensive lineman for them. He'll most likely play guard. Again, he's got a, a nastiness to him that that I really like, and I want in all of my offensive linemen. Uh, Addison Nichols, although I don't think the that this group of four will will necessarily play from day one, I think Addison Nichols is the most likely. Certainly, his recruiting ranking would indicate that. And Tennessee was recruiting him as a tackle, uh, but he could he could play any spot along the offensive line if he needed to. He's just athletic um, to to play out on the edge, athletic uh, enough to to be part of. Uh, Tennessee's run scheme, which involves a, a lot of pulls from the guards, and he, he's just really versatile. Uh, high motor, good kid. Cade Mays uh, kept talking about how he's an Eagle Scout during Tennessee Prime on on Tuesday night, and, and Tennessee beat out some some pretty big schools for Addison Nichols, North Carolina, USC, Ohio State, um, Mo Clipper, another Georgia offensive lineman that Tennessee's bringing in. Uh, he has a basketball background that's six foot four two hundred and eighty five so he's he's a developmental guy but he he's got a ton of upside and then brian grant is is the other developmental offensive lineman that Tennessee's bringing in that uh, is real athletic didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school and even <laughs> even when he did start playing football it was along the defensive line and he really didn't play offensive line until his senior year so he's athletic he's six foot eight and he can bend, and Tennessee's banking on, on being able to develop him into a, a legitimate SEC offensive tackle. Probably won't be ready over the next two years. I would be very surprised if, if he came in and and played key snaps within two years. But uh, by by year three, year four, redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, I mean, he, he should be good to go if, if Tennessee develops him. And that's okay, man. He can learn uh, behind Cade Mays. And Darnell Wright. That's right. Broccoli head. Dirty Sprite. Oh, boy. Which, never mind. Learn behind K-Maze and K-Maze comes back. Uh, let's go back to the phones, and we have Lee. Good morning, Lee. Hey, good morning. Hey, <clears throat> I was going to say, man, I, the way we finished yesterday, I was pretty stoked. But between your guys' debate, I think you're both right and wrong. It's all got to be about <laughs> roster management, Gotta be crazy right now with everything going on. And I got one question though: the Deion Sanders deal with, uh, I believe it's Hunter, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I thought that the schools were not supposed to facilitate, <laughs> and it seems straight up that Deion put this deal together and made this deal work. What I mean, what road is that going to take us down? I know Deion's Deion; he's going to do his thing, but. Man, it just seemed kind of like I was like, man, I thought the schools were supposed to facilitate these NIL deals, and it, they're advertising it basically. Yeah, Dion's the only coach in college football that it, it's pretty obvious that if it, if it, if it wasn't for him 
putting things together that this deal wouldn't be in place because he makes an appearance he makes appearances on on barstool and who else set that up so i don't know man i mean that's what i said earlier in the show that it's pretty obvious that Dion uh did that but we'll see i mean we'll, we'll see what what rules be changed um because obviously it is it is open season and you know Dabo Sweeney you know he he you don't hear much from him when he's winning and everything's going great but uh when it affects his program in a negative way uh, he got he got he got some comments he got some opinions um yeah. and he said that everything's going on it's crazy right now it's really sad to be honest with you it's you know there's there's right about two thousand kids in the portal. Most of them don't have anywhere to go. Uh, there's so much tampering going on, and so many adults manipulating young people. It's sad, but you know it is what it is from that standpoint. You got a lot of young people um, that there's a time and a place, but most of the kids are in there when they shouldn't be in there. Now, some of the things that that Dabo was saying, I get. It. I mean, it is crazy right now. There is tampering going on, um, but it's been tampering going on even yeah. before the transfer portal. Uh, and adults manipulate young people, dude. That's what you do. That's what every football coach and staff does when they are recruiting. Is they trying to make their program look look better than the other? And don't sit here and tell me that you don't negative recruit because that's part. That's that's manipulation. You, you, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, like it's Dion. It's hard to believe that no one else set that up besides Dion Sanders. Yeah, I'm here in North Carolina, and, and Dabo's pretty salty right now. I was going to say on the Norvell thing, the, the at least the fans and I think one of the coaches tweeted something and then deleted it. They were salty, I believe, after West because isn't he from like Tilton or something right there on the Florida mm-hmm. Georgia border? Mm-hmm. And they thought they were getting him, and that you know. It is. I mean, it is what it is. I got a question for Ben, though. It might be a little too early this day after signing day, but uh, who might we be looking to go out out of the uh, the transfer portal? Go out and get and uh, fill a, fill a couple holes up, and I'll, I'll let you guys go. Thank you, great show. I thought you were going to ask me about twenty twenty three guys, Lee, or baseball. I, th- I thought he was going. Well, when he said it's a, it's a little, it may be a little too early. I thought he was going to go the the twenty twenty three route. Just give us a day to breathe, Lee. But uh, you you didn't go there. Um, no days off. No days off. Bill right. Belichick style. Well, I mean, hey, we can we can talk twenty twenty three targets if you want. We can talk a little nah, Deshaun right Deshaun Bishop. Not I right you say no good, but I know you want to talk a little Not right now. Nico Lamaliva, the five star quarterback from California, or Dante Moore from Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, a five star quarterback. Not, People not say he's the next Deshaun Watson. Not today. Dante Moore, Nico Lamaliva, probably the top two guys on the quarterback board in the 2023 class ne- for Tennessee. Nico's number one on Alabama's board, too. Uh, that's fine. Tennessee's better than Alabama. We'll see. Simple as that. We, we we can talk a little Carnell Tate receiver action swing. I know you like receivers. We can talk a little Devin Hyatt, Noah Rogers, Shamar Porter, Nate Spillman. I mean, we, we can talk twenty twenty three guys if you want, Swain. We can talk Ethan Not Davis. Not today. Who Not who today. Tennessee got committed? Not today. Okay, I'll, I'll go back to transfers. Uh, there, Swain, I don't know about you, but I've been kind of surprised in the the lack of. 
early action in the transfer portal, I, I guess you could say, by Tennessee. Now, I think part of it, and I asked Austin this on Tuesday, and I asked him this because I do believe it is the case, and I was trying to get confirmation, quite frankly. But, I mean, I think Tennessee is just being selective and still evaluating guys within the portal. But but I, I'm, I still am, on the other hand, a little surprised that there hasn't been more guys identified by Tennessee within the portal. I, I, it's still early, but uh, I, th- I thought there'd be more action. There, there just has not been a ton of action yet. I mean, Zach Evans, you, you had that situation. Uh, didn't work out favorably for Tennessee. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, he's still salty about the way Jeremy Pruitt treated him. So Tennessee's not going to be able to lay any hay in that barn. Um Outside of those two, I mean, it's, it's really been only three guys that 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 has generated conversations. Tayshon Manning, the interior offensive lineman from Auburn, but he signed with Kentucky yesterday. Um, Jared Verse is the defensive end transfer from Albany, who we discussed yesterday, and he took a official visit to Tennessee on Saturday, canceled his Purdue visit later that Sunday and stuck around Tennessee a little bit longer than he originally anticipated. He sounds like he's smart. Yes, and kept me at the airport for four hours, starting at 5.15 a.m., but that's a different story. Uh, He picked up some big-time offers yesterday, Oklahoma, Florida. There's a third one. I want to say it was Auburn, but uh, he he picked up some interesting offers yesterday uh, as well. As a result of signing day happening and, and schools missing on some guys, and now they're reevaluating options. And I'm sure Jared Verse will get some more offers. Uh, but it seems like he, he wants to make a decision around Christmas time. So, nine, ten days, he, he wants to make a, a decision. And, and technically, he still has one visit that he can take. He only took four visits uh, Syracuse, Tennessee, Florida State. And a fourth one that I'm forgetting. Um, I, I think Tennessee's in a, in a pretty good spot there. I mean, it's not by any means a, a done deal, but I, I definitely think that uh, Tennessee is a school that he will for sure consider. But he, he's been the the main one uh, that that you've heard buzz about. I mean, what what school is out here gobbling up guys from the transfer portal right now? There, there's not been a ton. Yeah, so that, I just think it's still early because – you you want to sign the players from high school in an early signing period, and then you use a portal to fill holes that you were not able to fill um, during the early signing period. And then I you know ideally you want to fill those holes with guys that have more than just one year. Um, there's still football to be played at with bowl games. There's still players right now that want to finish their bowl game. They don't want to opt out and not play in a bowl game. They want to finish the season, and then they want to evaluate their career. You'll have more players enter the transfer portal, I think, after bowl season. And then if you're Tennessee, all right, let's fill those those holes. Let more people hit the transfer portal before you start committing to more players. It's a reason why that whole Gerald Mincy thing is a little weird, right? Fluid. Yeah, because you don't have to rush. There's not a race. There's not a race. There's more. There's more guys getting in here, and 
culture has to be protected. Culture has to be protected. There's a right way of doing things. There's a you want the right guys in. You went out and you brought in a JUCO player and somebody from the transfer portal, and they were not good for your culture, and they're not going to be here. So you learn a lesson from that, and this year you say, all right, we got to get we got to get guys that, yes, they're good, yes, they have multiple years, but they got to fit in what we're trying to do. This is year two. We got more leverage. Year one, you just, hey, we just we need bodies. No, nah, man, we you went out and you won seven games, and hopefully we talk about winning eight, the win over Purdue. We, we won eight games. We got some more leverage, man. We can we can we can be more demanding about what we need and what we want and, and who we want and be more selective from the portal. So I just I just I still think it's too early to feel like Tennessee is not, you know, too active in the portal because like I don't I saw South Carolina get two guys, but I don't, I don't see anyone has gotten more than more than two guys, more than two additions the, so far. The the lower level schools have gone out and and really made an effort to 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 sign transfers, but they they're not the same type of transfers that Tennessee or other SEC programs are, are going to be in on. They they're more you know, Stephen F. Austin going yeah. out and getting Brian Maurer yeah, and a so. bunch of other transfers. Like the, the Stephen F. Austins of the world, uh, the Purdue's of the world. I've, I've followed some Purdue beat writers this month since Tennessee's playing Purdue in the Music City Bowl. And, I mean, Purdue's got like seven or eight commitments from from transfers, but they're, they're not big-time transfers. Yeah. They I mean, I'm running. sure they're solid players if, if they're going to Purdue, but, the, I mean, they're not – <laughs> they're not transfers that Tennessee would want. They got a defensive. They got a, um, uh, a running back from from Cal. Mm-hmm. They got a tackle from Kansas State. They got a player from FIU. Um, they got. That's about it. So they got they got three players from from the portal, um, and they had a bunch of dudes leaving too. So again, my point is just it's it's, it's early. Right. It's still early for all that. I don't know. I guess I, I guess and you're not speaking to Lee because Lee wasn't freaking out. You're you're addressing my thought that yeah. I, I thought Tennessee would be more active early and I, I guess I guess part of it was I was just so excited to see what Tennessee would do in the portal. And I, I want it now. I want to see who Tennessee's going to go out and, and get in the portal. Um because I, I think Tennessee's really attractive in the portal. I I think you can sell playing time. You can sell playing in the SEC, offensively and defensively. I mean, you you have film on the schemes that you are running that should attract players, uh, particularly on, on on defense. And like I I know there's some question marks about how you know Hendon Hooker and and what he's doing in the offense will translate to the NFL, and and how Valus and and Peyton and and Tillman how what they're doing will translate to the NFL. But at the end of the day. If you're a receiver, you're still getting a thousand balls throughout the season. I mean, the ball is going to be thrown your way so often that that's attractive at the end of the day. And Tennessee's not really going after a quarterback, but I mean, how if if you're a running back, how could you not be attracted by this offense? Like Zach Evans, 
his thoughts on Tennessee's offense and how he would fit in the offense was not the issue. Correct. He lo- he likes the offense. <laughs> so, and and that's Zach Evans, one of the best running backs available. So, if you're a running back, how could you not be attracted by this offense? So, I, I guess I was just so excited to see what Tennessee would do in the portal, and knowing that there there's also also some needs, and you can bridge the gap with some of these high school guys that you're bringing in. I guess I was just excited <laughs> and wanting uh, something instantaneous. It's all right, man. Unfairly, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. There's a lot of excitement going excited. on right now. Excited. I'm excited. 865-255-03 is our telephone number to the Irish Network's hotline. Ben McKee, Jason Swain here. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. 
At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Time for around the SEC. Lots went down inside of the best conference in America on yesterday, National Signing Day. Floor is yours, Mr. McKee. I appreciate you giving me the floor uh, today. Keep it short because we've got some some callers on the line. Uh, just mention where the SEC teams stand in the recruiting rankings. And I am going to use Rivals recruiting rankings. According to Rivals, Alabama finished with the top class in the early signing period. I guess technically it's still going. So we should say that Alabama currently has the top class in the country. A&M has the second best class in the country. Georgia is three. Kentucky is 10th. Tennessee 11th. Arkansas is 13th. Mississippi State is 14th, Auburn is 16th, Missouri 18th, South Carolina 21st, LSU is 27th, Ole Miss is 31st, Vanderbilt is somehow 33rd, that is pretty intriguing, scrolling on down to try to find Florida, Florida is 47th, Florida is 47th in recruiting according to the team rankings. USC is 79th. Aren't you glad uh, you're not doing USC radio? Yeah, but, I mean, still be excited about there, Lincoln Riley. There's, there's a reason there. there. There's context, but people still going to get their jokes off. Uh, according to, to Rivals, Army has signed 70 players, has commitments from 70 players. 70 players, which it's, it's different because it's, it's West Point and they have like a, a legit freshman team. And I, I don't know exactly how it works, but pretty wild that they bring in 70 to 80 guys every single year. So uh, my thought last night, Swain, when I was looking at the recruiting rankings to end the day is that, man, it's tough in the SEC because we love what yep. Tennessee did in recruiting. But then you look up and – you see, well, Alabama, Georgia, and A&M did what those teams have been doing in recruiting. You look up and you see Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky exceeding expectations. I know Florida's down the list, but, heck, they went out and got a five-star yesterday, and they're going to recruit perfectly fine under Billy Napier. I know I know, some of y'all got to get y'all's jokes off, but um, – I, I would not be joking on Billy Napier recruiting, especially when he got the job a week ago. It, it's just life in the SEC, man. Arkansas recruiting well. I mean, by where teams are, I mean, LSU and Florida 
are, are kind of the, the only schools that that have disappointing classes, and, and that's because they have new head coaches. It's just life in the SEC, man. Is is just a different world. And I like, and I still like where we are because let's say everything is even when all the you know staffs are you know um, cool, all the staffs are good. Um, there's playing time to offer. There's um, exposure that you can offer. Tennessee still will be one of those schools in the top third because of the fan base, because of the resources, because of the brand, um, because of the location. We're good, but you are right, Ben. Everybody else is getting better too. You know, uh, high tide raises all boats, and that's what's happening right now. But I like where we are. I think we got the right fit for Tennessee. So we good. We good. We, we gotta, Gucci. We just got to keep it up and not having scandals or any things like that, which I don't think we should have with this with this group um, running, running the show. But that wasn't the case with the last two groups. Okay, let's go back to the phones and let's get to Middle Tennessee VFL. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Good morning. How y'all doing? Man, wonderful. Wonderful. Hope you are too. Yes, sir. Been listening to y'all for a while. First time calling. Uh, yes. I was a little bit concerned with how, I guess, reports around that the class was kind of, we weren't going to hit on anybody basically yesterday. And then Tyree West and a couple others on the defensive line uh, committed. Uh, I just wanted y'all's take on that as far as depth and addressing that, especially like a linebacker, I guess. And uh, I'm sure that'll be like a focal point in the portal. And also, I'm a Nashville native, and uh, going to the game, we'll be tailgating outside of the stadium in their parking lot. Uh, would love to meet y'all. There's an opportunity. I'll hang up and listen. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. Um, linebacker. And depth. Need that. Yes. And uh, we did have a couple of questions on the text box about inside linebacker. I, I talked yesterday about Elijah Herring the linebacker from the Mid-State at Riverdale High School. And you mentioned yesterday Noonan associated with Elijah, and somebody was confused on the text box. The Herrings are from originally from Georgia and originally from Noonan. And Tennessee tweeted out Noonan, Georgia, when, when they announced that Elijah Herring had signed. So that's why Swain had said Noonan, Georgia stand up yesterday mm-hmm. when talking about Elijah Herring and well and he plays football at, at Riverdale High School there in, in the mid-state so uh, that's how you kind of have those two tie-ins and I say the Herrings because speaking of 2023 guys Swain uh, his little brother mm-hmm. Caleb Herring is an absolute stud maybe better an absolute stud that that is true but uh yesterday i talked about elijah herring potentially playing out on the edge sounds like he's actually gonna gonna get a crack at inside linebacker get a crack at inside linebacker and then maybe bring him off the edge on third downs and it would make sense uh he runs track <laughs> uh, at six foot two 225 uh plays in high school he played the edge in a three four scheme and consistently rush the quarterback but I think Tennessee's going to bring him in and, and try him out uh, on the inside and then also scheme up different things for him to get after the quarterback 
as as well. It, it's been the theme of this class to bring in guys with versatility, which you need to in today's college football. You need guys that can do multiple things. But uh, linebacker has been clocked at four or five in, in the forty, so he'll he'll go to look at, at at inside backer. Maybe Caleb Perry from Kentucky get to look at inside backer. I, I don't really know what Tennessee's going to do with Caleb Perry. Talked about that yesterday, but they'll be able to move him around. So I, I do think that they brought in some inside backers and. Originally, I, I do think that maybe Elijah Herring uh, was, was brought in because of his brother. Not the sole reason, but I I think initially over the summer, or not even over the summer, back in April when Elijah Herring committed and was kind of the first to buy in to Jeremy Pruitt, or Jeremy Pruitt, my gosh, uh, to Josh Heupel, I deserve a 15-minute suspension for, for that. So after I finish this point, I'll, I'll quit talking for 15 minutes. Um, punish myself for, for mentioning old cornbread. But uh, they they were really trying to, to make way with Caleb Herring, his, his younger brother, who is also an outside linebacker uh, in the class of, of 2023. But I think Elijah Herring really improved from April till now, came in and, and did a private workout over the summer with, with Tennessee and Mike Eckler and, and, and really impressed them with his versatility, with his ability to run, and then went out and had a, a really good senior season. So they didn't get his commitment just because of his brother at the time. I think that that did play a role at the time, but now they're also really excited about bringing in Elijah Herring, the football player, and not just because of his younger brother. Middle Tennessee VFL will be at the game and uh, wants to wants to, to to meet up and certainly can certainly can do that and we can even meet up now with Jason since Jason don't want to meet up with us around Knoxville he, since he lives here we can actually meet up in Nashville because um, that's 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 where that's where I'll be and uh, love to to meet everyone I'll tell you exactly where I'll be I'll be uh, at the Tennessee alumni. Tailgate, that's where I'll be. And it starts at 10 a.m. Central all the way to 1 p.m. We will have a um, pregame show. and include uh, several D, uh, VFLs. Got confirmation, Ramon Foster, uh, Chris Brown. So I'll be hosting the event, and we'll have you know live interviews with those gentlemen right there on stage. And um, for more details, go to alumni.utk.edu. And you can RSVP there, get your tickets. Um, but it will be uh, at the Old Red, which is 300 uh, Broadway right there in Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, if you need more information, go to alumni.utk.edu for, for that. That's where I'll be. That's where I'll be, hosting the Tennessee Alumni Tailgate. Maybe I'll see you around, Ben. I'm booked. Since you are an alum. I'm booked. I mean, hey. Shoot, I'm going to show up, but it's not going to see you. It's going to be to see my Ramon. guy, Chris Brown. Ramon. And then, still is great, Ramon Fox. Hey, man, don't be humping Ramon's leg or anything, okay, please? Look, if, if I want to hump Ramon's leg, I'm going <laughs> to hump Ramon's leg. Because he's a stealer. Just just compose yourself. Uh, man, have some composure, man. Don't be. Don't I'll be, try. All right, just want to make try. sure. Just want to make sure, man. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Indiana, according to JL, has seven uh, commitments from the transfer portal, according to two four seven, and um, 
no reason for Tennessee to be looking around its 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 shoulder, worrying about Indiana. So, um, no reason to be in a rush, in a hurry, feeling like you're losing out. There's no reason to have FOMO, fear of missing out because Indiana is getting players from the portal. They got a player from Kyle, they got a player from Auburn, they got a player from Ole Miss, two players from Ole Miss, whatever, man. We don't play Indiana, and if we did, they'd get clapped. Clap those cheeks. Downtown Vol says, dang, C.J. Smith really went into UGA, really wanted him. Does that mean we're done at wide receiver in this class and we'll only add receivers through the portal? Uh, we was done. Yeah, we was we was done before C.J. Smith went to, went to Georgia. Yeah, I think uh, Tennessee was concerned about his injury history. So, Georgia, Georgia's in a position to take a gamble on that. Tennessee's mm-hmm. not. Yep. Yep, pretty much. Um the tailgate is not for alumni only. It's not for alumni only. Yes, it is. So, dear of all, you can't show up. Mm-mm. It's not for alumni. I'm kidding. Only. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Which dear of all shouldn't be offended anyway, since he's an Ole Miss fan. <laughs> no, he he changes his allegiance at the old um, Miss came in here. Lane Kiffin was was showing his butt and doing all these fake injuries. A- after that, or after Josh Heupel impressed in year one. Probably, probably a little bit of both. I'm not sure exactly what happened first. I'm just messing with uh, you. ATF VFL says, I think we should have rolled the dice with the Wade twins. I don't because you have to lie. ATF VFL, you, you, would, you would have had to lie and been disingenuous. And what did Dabo say? Dabo said, so many adults manipulating young people. You would have had to lie. To get the Wade Twins. And what state is the Wade Twins in? Tennessee. There is obviously an issue with in-state players. You tell the truth. You rip the band-aid off. If they want to go to Kentucky, cool. You keep taking taking L's to Tennessee if you want to. But the narrative needs to change in this state. In in-state recruiting. And it needs to be, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to do things the right way. If you, if you lose away twins because you didn't want to lie to one of them, tell them they're going to have a chance to play quarterback, then so be it. So, no, I don't, I don't think that was worth it. It wasn't worth it. Well, and, and remember, when, when the Wade twins were announcing, did Tennessee have an established quarterback? Not yet. But you can look at him and go, no, I don't, you're not gonna, I don't think you're going to play quarterback here. Correct. <laughs> so my point is, is that Tennessee wasn't in a position to bring in somebody who, who strictly wants to play quarterback if they don't feel like he's, he's going to be a good SEC quarterback. And now I also see the aspect of, and I, I think we are forgetting this, Wayne, like we are living on borrowed time with Hendon Hooker. Like, like Hendon Hooker is a ginormous Band-Aid right now to, to Tennessee's quarterback issues. He only has one more year, and then it's back to 
<laughs> back to the drawing board. Hopefully Taven Jackson can be ready as a, a sophomore or as a redshirt freshman. Maybe you go out and add somebody in the portal between now and the opener in 2023. Maybe Joe Milton uh, finally lives up to the hype. But right now, Hendon Hooker's a, a big old Band-Aid. I don't look at it that way. I I mean, Tennessee's living on borrowed time at the quarterback position. I mean, it's you, you're not you're not going to get a, a lengthy career from Hendon Hooker. Yeah, you got you you got one more year with him, but then Taylor Jackson will be a redshirt freshman, and then you'll go out and, and add a player um, in the in the in the quarterback room, whether it's from high school with Nico or another quarterback, or you go to the you go to the portal, and then you'll have Joe Milton in the mix too. I mean, three quarterbacks is kind of what you can expect to have on, on you know in that room. Yes, but my point is is that like Hinton Hooker's career is almost done, and it would be done if it weren't for COVID. And the free mm-hmm. year of eligibility. So you, you either this year, either next year, you you were going to need a, a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think somebody's going to be a good quarterback at this level, you don't lie to them just to 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 bring both of them in. Yeah, yeah. So Tennessee, Josh Heifman company, uh, not not only having Hinder and, and winning games with him and and doing everything you can to. Uh, to have the best um, moments while he's still your, your your starter, but you're also worried about the future, not worried, but thinking about the future as you develop Taven Jackson in this whole year and as you continue to develop Joe Milton. So um, those will be two guys that next year that would have been in the program this entire year. Joe Milton will have had two, uh, excuse me, one year, and then Taven, uh, hold on, two, and Taven Jackson would have one. Uh, after, after Hendon Hooker leaves, so and then you go add a new quarterback. Uh, I think that is his best, uh, you know, situation that you can ask for. The point that I'm getting at is is that like I, I would love to have Keaton Wade, uh, the the outside backer that is the twin brother of Destin, the quarterback. I'd love to have Destin. I just think he's a great football player in in general. Like Jawan Jennings, you can find a spot to where he can be a legitimate contributor. For you, I, I think Destin can be a good SEC football player. I just don't know if he's going to, to be a good SEC quarterback. And, and either Tennessee's going to be proven right or Kentucky's going to be proven right. My point, and I know you agree, Swain, mm-hmm. is that like Tennessee's just not in a position to to risk spots at the quarterback position, especially where they were when the Wade twins were deciding, which was long before Joe Milton or Hendon Hooker ever took a snap for Tennessee. Yep. You, you you can't be risky at that position, especially where Tennessee football currently is. That and being in state by not being genuine, being sneaky, not being trustworthy, because that's going to bite you in the butt later when you're trying to go back into the same high schools inside the state and recruit players. You have to do it. You just have to do it right. Or in a year when they enter the transfer portal. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that, that that not saying that they will, not not trying to – Knock on Kentucky, but you have to treat every single recruit that way. Demario Tolan decides to go to Tennessee. I mean, uh, decides to go to LSU. What if he enters the portal in a year, and when Demario Tolan decided to to go to LSU, Tennessee didn't handle it the right way. Tennessee acted very immature because they were upset. Then, when he enters the portal in a year, you can't give him a call back. 
you, you got to handle these recruitments perfectly nowadays, even after they don't pick your school, because they could potentially enter the portal within a year or two. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. 865 255503. Uh, five star that, that committed to Kentucky and was you know, thinking about Michigan State. He did sign with Kentucky. Someone there on um, you know, Facebook comments said that he did not, but he did. No, he did. He did sign. So uh, we'll see what he does, man. The other five star he signed not too long ago hasn't done anything. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's go back to the phones. Let's get to our guy, Buck Nasty. Buck Nasty, good morning. What's going on, boys? What's up? Guys, I ain't worried about no daggum Kentucky. Look here, they could have signed A&M's class, and they'd still get that hiney spank next year when they come to that big orange stadium. Those are facts. That's straight facts. Spitting that fire. I got that fire. Holler a little Wody if you want that Oscar Meyer. <laughs> now, look here. What I am jacked about is what we have signed as the defensive end. And let me tell you, Guys, this team could resemble what the Colts looked like back in the 2000s when Peyton Manning was down there throwing the rock. We got Hendo, that's Peyton. You got Tillman, which is starving Marvin. And all we really needed was a defensive end after we run the score up. Starving Marvin Harrison. Who's Reggie Wayne? Yeah, because Tillman is more like Reggie Wayne. Javante's not going. He's not going to be on the team next year. It doesn't matter. We'll plug and play whoever because we're loaded, baby. Yeah, he could be hot. Hot could come out and and be ready. Who's Edron James? Edron James? Oh, that's simple. It's that new kid, that Williams ball. Not not Jabari Small? He wasn't on that team that won. He went to the Cardinals. No, he wasn't. I don't think Edron was on that team. No, it was the – it was the LSU running back. Oh, Joseph Adai. It was Joseph Adai, yep. Who's Dallas That's Clark? it. That's it. Uh, See, really, in our system, you be, plug any running back. That'll be, that'll be um, – Who's Dallas Clark, Buck Nasty? Uh, Jacob Warren. Yep, 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 yep. So, we need – what we need is a Bob Sanders and we Dwight need – Dwight Freeney. We need a Dwight Freeney, which might be Brian Young. Now, we need a Robert Mathis, home of – Which could be uh, Pierce. We do have a Brandon Stokely. And Walker Merrill. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Got to have that one white receiver. That's right. Got to. Yeah. Got to have that one white receiver. That's, that's, that's correct. It's essential. Um, we need a Bob Sanders, though. That's what we're missing. Bob Sanders, Dwight Freeney, and Robert Mathis. Where you at? We got Dwight Freeney. We got Byron Young. He's so what I'm really comparing this to is we're going to score points. And we done seen it. Hypo's loading it up. What we need, we're an elite pass rush away. From Warden off teams, because once you up two touchdowns, the other team's got to start throwing the football. Mm. And you want to be able to drop them in coverage mm. and blitz four, bring four, and smoke that hind end. And that's what we may have landed yesterday. But, Nancy, when was the last time somebody told you that you were smart? Uh, it's been a long time. That teacher lady <laughs> in school said I never would learn nothing by looking out the window. And look at me now. Dropping points, dropping downs on the Swain event. But my qu- now, I got a question for you guys too. What what, what what's your plan with the linebacker position? Are we going to be hitting the transfer portal hard for that? I think you have to if somebody becomes available. 
Yeah, I think you have to. I think Tennessee's eyeing some people at that linebacker position. I think there's some linebackers okay. around the country that are that that is eyeing Tennessee that understands that Tennessee has needs and they may not be in the portal just yet. Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. I didn't know, well, you know. Well, well, hopefully those players are inside saying, linebackers. Okay. Uh, they are. Okay. Uh, Juwan Mitchell, I would be surprised if he is on the team next year. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, I had heard y'all talk about it a little bit before, but I was making sure we were talking about the right kid. Well, boys, that's all I got for you today. I just want to call in, get you fired up, Swain. I may accidentally see you boys on the west end down there at Nashville. I look forward to it. Well, man. I'll be on the east end. You gonna be on the east end? That's where the stadium is. Well, I'll is. be on the west end for sure now. <laughs> all right, yeah, go go hang out at uh, Vanderbilt Stadium with Clark Lee and Jerry Stackhouse <laughs> and that basketball program. Hey, bring your boys some that moonshine. Yeah, that's I got you. I got it, son. Keep that white lightning at the house, though. Don't bring that. No, I'll I'll try the white lightning. Mm-mm, I don't got time. All that. right, boys. All right, see we'll you. get it crunk, and I'll see you in Nash Vegas right. come December thirtieth. I love it. I love it. Thanks for the phone call, but nasty. Nelson from Jackson says verse is Robert Mathis. Uh, you gotta be on the team first before we start <laughs> comparing you to. Colts players. Got to be on the team first. Cooper is Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper Mays is Jeff Saturday. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, QC Rodney says, what y'all doing butt nasty like that? That analogy fell apart quicker than Urban Meyer's tenure in Jacksonville. <laughs> nah, man. He was, he was pretty good. He was pretty close. But Nelson nailed it, though, with, Cooper Mays being Jeff Saturday. That's the best one. That is the best one. That is the best one. I got some good stuff here on the text box. Uh, Tennessee is playing Memphis this weekend. A lot to get to as we approach hour number three. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.